Welcome to the Arrive Podcast, the U.S. Immigration Law Podcast for Canadians. I am Jeremy Richards, and I'm here with my business partner and fellow immigration attorney, Christine Jerusik. Together, we are Richards and Jerusik Immigration Law, practicing U.S. immigration law from our offices in Buffalo, New York, and Toronto, Ontario. And we help Canadians to work and live in the United States. If you haven't already, please follow and like us on your podcast app. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, Richards and Jerusik Immigration Law. And follow us and like us on, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram uh, for regular updates on U.S. immigration law uh, that we have created just for Canadians. Uh, in addition, on our website, there is a resources tab where you can subscribe to a weekly newsletter where you will receive all our recent updates and posts about U.S. immigration law as well. On today's Arrive podcast, we're going to be discussing a question that has come up very frequently lately because of what's going on with not only with as COVID settled and, and that's kind of going by, but um, we're seeing the impact of that on the labor market and the impact on employers. In the IT field recently, you've seen a lot of layoffs. Uh, the big companies, the big tech companies, uh, Facebook being one of them, uh, Google another one that have laid off masses of employees recently. Meta. Meta. That's the big that's and the Twitter company. Oh, Twitter. Yeah, Elon yeah, Musk had a big layoff. Twitter. <laughs> Elon <laughs> came in. I think it was the day he took over, fired his whole executive staff, and then laid off half the company. So these tech companies rely heavily on foreign employment, and a lot of them are, are Canadians that are in here in the United States working on non-immigrant visas. So they could be here on an L visa, an H-1 visa, a TN visa, an E visa, any, any number of non-immigrant visas working in the United States. So the question really is, what happens if you're here in the United States, you're here on a non-immigrant visa, on a work visa, and all of a sudden you lose your job? You get laid off, you get fired, or maybe you quit and you walked away from your position. Yeah, because I mean, now? now it's not just your source of income that's that's gone; it's the source of staying in the United States that's gone as well. Exactly, and I think that's the 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 biggest issue people run into. They're they're not always as concerned about losing their job as they are about losing their ability to live in the U.S. They may have a house, a car, their kids are in school, all attached to the United States, and all of a sudden, they don't know what to do. I was here on this. TN visa, I got fired, but how do I take care of this? Uh, I have my, my house I need to take care of, my belongings, whatever it is attached to your living in the United States. Most people, when they come here, they're living here. They've transitioned their life to the United States. And that means a lot of things that need to be tied up before they can depart the United States. Or and I think most people look for, what can I do to continue to stay here? I don't want to leave. I want to transition somehow to a visa status or something that's going to allow me to stay here in the United States, at least short term to tie up all these loose ends, or hopefully long term where I don't have to leave at all. Yeah, we get a lot of calls like that. You know, I, I was laid off or I lost my job and you know, I don't have another job prospect on the horizon. You know, I plan to go home to my home country, but how do I get an extra, 
you know, 60, 90 days out of this so that I can tie up my lease and, you know, find a sublet sometimes or, you know, pack up my stuff and get out of here. And most of the time this is unexpected and that's sure. why it happened. Yeah, right? sadly. It, it, it was short. It was, it happened way sooner than expected and it wasn't planned for. Um, and we look at, we, we watch closely what's happening with, with our website and why people are calling and visiting. And two of the top things that people are looking for right now are questions as to what they do if they lose their TN visa employment or the H-1B visa employment. Right. And the first thing you have to know is that, you know, if, if you're not familiar with this process, maybe it's your first time here on a visa, if you lose your employment, which is the source of your status here in the United States, even though you have a validity period left on your visa, that doesn't mean you're still validly here in the United States. So it's that employment that's anchoring you, not just your validity period. Yes. you. So in order to maintain your visa, each visa has conditions attached to it. So a work visa, a condition that makes your work visa valid is that you are working on that visa for that employer in that profession in the United States. If you cease to work for that employer for any number of reasons, laying off, fired, quitting, then your visa status ends with that employment status you're not in other words you're not maintaining your status anymore if you're not continuing to work so yeah it's the same thing for students right so if you're here on a student visa and you stop going to school you're you're not really eligible for a student visa anymore your student visa can be revoked right so there are a few grace periods that attach to visa statuses. And here we're, we're talking about these employment visas, the TNs, the H-1Bs, the Ls of the world. And what are the grace periods that you have if, if, if this happens to you? Yeah, the U.S. government isn't totally heartless. They don't kick you out. You don't, <laughs> you don't totally. lose your job and then they kick you out the next day. You do get some time. They, they do give you time. And on that, if you don't plan properly... They expect you to know these things, right? They expect you to know the grace periods, even though you most people don't. They expect you to know the conditions of your visa. They expect you to know what you can and can't do, when you're supposed to leave, and what you can do on that visa. If you fail to understand what you can and can't do on your visa or when you need to leave and what rules you need to abide by, guess whose problem that is? It's yours. And they, they don't care. If you violate the terms of your visa and you claim ignorance... Guess what? That's not an excuse. It's your responsibility to understand what you can and can't do on your visa or what you must do if you lose your job. So not understanding the rules of your visa That's can no have long-term consequences, and there's no excuse for that. So the first thing I think we need to explain for you, for you to hopefully understand what happens if you quit or lose your job and the grace periods that, that attach are your visa itself or your status. Well, we refer to it as uh, visa status. So if you came to the United States, and we'll use TN visa as our example because most of the Canadians we work with are on TN visas. When you come, let's say you went to the, the Peace Bridge uh, and you were stamped for a TN visa status, they're going to put the date you were admitted. So let's say you were admitted November 1st, 2020. That's the start of your status. You are, once they stamp you and admit you on November 1st, 2020, you are now authorized to work and live in the United States until 
the end of your stamp. They don't stamp you anymore. So, <laughs> a frame of <laughs> reference. When they admit you, right. they will put it into the system electronically. In your I 94. Yeah. They'll, they'll electronically admit you. But yeah, I, I it's kind of like electronically stamping I'm you. I'm using I feel old like. language. I'm old. <laughs> so, the, the stamp or the date they yeah. admit you, right? It's really your, your date. You're admitted, right? November 1st, 2020. And let's say they, exp- they approved you for three years. So it expires in 2023. Octo- October 31st, 2023. Is there 31 days in October? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Until October 2023. You are allowed to work, live, go in and outside of the United States as much as you want during that three-year time period. Right? As long as you maintain the conditions of the employment. Well, if you're admitted for a TN visa to work for Kraft... And you're, you know, producing mac and cheese for them as a food scientist. Or as like we, we call it in Canada, craft dinner. Craft dinner. That's right. And you're a food scientist. Well, as long as you're working for craft as a food scientist, you can stay that entire three-year time period. You need to plan what to do at the end of that three years, though. You need to have a plan in place because when it expires, there, we'll talk about that grace period first. When your visa expires, let's say you stayed your entire time period. So you're admitted November 1st, 2020, and October 31st, 2023 rolls around, and Kraft decides they're not extending your visa. Well, you need to be prepared what to do. If that happens and you don't find a new employer, then you have a 10-day grace period. That's all you're allotted because the government expects you to have planned. You had three years when you were here. Mm-hmm. You had three years to plan for this eventual end of your employment, and they give you 10 days to depart the country. So in that case, if your visa has expired, in other words, you are now to the date that you were admitted, the end date, you have a 10-day grace period to act. From the, from the end of that visa? From the end of that visa, you had a 10-day grace period. Assuming you worked right up until the end of the visa. Assuming you maintained your work status until the end. 10 days. That's all you get. Well, why? Some people say, why? Why only 10 days? Well, because you had three years in 10 days, if you think about it. You should be planning for your departure the day you get your visa. You should be planning from day one on your visa what you're going to do three years from now. Whether that is extending that visa, finding a new employer, or leaving the country, those plans should be in place. Procrastination is the enemy for immigration. If you procrastinate, you're going to get yourself into trouble. We, we typically advise people to plan at least six months out, at least six months. Yeah. Because you can file for That's most a good of time. these extensions six mm-hmm. months before it expires if you wanted to. You could file by mail to extend that visa. So it's taken care of before it expires. So if you're giving yourself at least six months, you can take care of a lot of these things. You could sell a car. You could sell a house. Mm-hmm. You could, you know, transition your kids to or another school. Find a new whatever. employer. That's Find a new employer. Yeah. So if your employer is giving you signals that they're not going to extend that visa at the end of three years or there's, it's not moving forward, start shopping for a new job so that when it does end, you, you have a plan in place. Or if you don't find one. Just keep in mind, you've only got 10 days after 10 days your visa to ends to yeah, pack it up and get out. That, so and that doesn't mean, I mean, so, so that's, you know, that's a hard line cut off 10 days, but we've had plenty of people call us at the 10 day mark and say, what should I do? And we say, you should leave the country. And if you haven't tied up your loose ends, you can always ask a border officer if you're allowed back in as a visitor because Canadians can come in as a visitor for up to six months. So they may admit you 
maybe for six months, you never know, or they may admit you for a few weeks, whatever time you need to come in and wrap up your loose ends. I've had plenty of people ask for that. And the hands of the Right. Officer, I mean, it's right? discretionary. They don't have to, but it, you know, usually the officers understand that it, yeah. it can take more than 10 days. So, but, but you do need to leave the country in order to reset your, your status. And there's generally three things you can do um, once your visa expires. And we'll, we'll talk about those in a second. This, Next thing is the six, there's an, one other grace period we need to talk about. So mm-hmm. you have the 10-day grace period that is at the end of your visa status, you maintain legal status for your entire three-year time period, and then you got you have that 10 days to tie up loose ends and leave the country. And again, really, you have three, day, three years and 10 days, and I'm going to say that, three years and 10 days, because you need <laughs> to plan. You should plan. If you're not planning for immigration, you're not planning for the future, you're making a mistake with immigration. The second grace period is a 60-day grace period. Now, the 60-day grace period really applies to the question at hand. Uh, you know, if you're staying your entire three years, you're not being laid off or fired. Uh, you knew your visa status is ex- ending at that time. They just didn't, they chose not to extend your visa, right? Your employer didn't offer you another three-year uh, employment. employment. Yeah. If, let's say, you've been working for the company for a year, you entered on November 2020, and now it's October 20 or November 2021. You're a year in. You still have two years left on your visa, and your employer comes to you and says, "You know what, Bob? We're, we're eliminating your position. We no longer need you. We have a robot to do your job, and you, a robot lawyer. Your, your employment's terminated. Or <laughs> let's say you've been working for." craft for a year and i don't know why i'm using crafts don't get mad i don't at craft. know you're a good employer. are you hungry i'm sure you're great i'm sure they're a great <laughs> employer so i'm not i'm not saying anything <laughs> about craft um your employer says or you say you know what i do not liking work for working for this company and you resign after a year in any of those situations if your employment for some reason terminates it doesn't matter if you quit it doesn't matter if you're fired you resign whatever it is it could be you know a fiery termination. Could be it for could cause, be yeah, without cause, matter. yeah. If it ends, any reason, and you still have time left, because in this scenario, you're going to have a two years left on your visa, right? Because you were a year in, you still have two more years left. You get a sixty-day grace period instead of a ten-day grace period because you have that remaining chunk of time on your visa. Now, the sixty-day grace period can't go beyond the end of your visa. So here, it, let's say you got terminated and you had a month left on your Good visa. Point. Well, you only get 30 days of the grace period. You don't get 60. It'll go for 60 days from the end of employment. So if that is at the very end of your visa and you only had a month left, well, you're going to get still get 60-day grace period, but it's from the end of your employment, not the end of your visa at that point, if that makes sense. So you get a 60-day grace period. Now we'll get into what you can do. Let's say you're in the 10-day grace period or the 60-day grace period. The 10-day grace period means you used all of your visa to allotment, and you have 10 days to make up your mind on what to do. The 60-day grace period means your visa was or your employment was terminated prior to the expiration of your right. visa. In either case, the clock is ticking because now your stay in the United States has a definite end coming up. And long-term consequences if you don't abide. Right. So there are typically three things that we recommend to people. One of them, and hopefully this is what happens, is you find a new employer, change of employer. 
And these these options we're giving can, if you're Canadian, it's amazing because you have two options, right? You can file for these uh, a new employer in the U.S. or you can simply leave and come back in if you're on a TN and apply at a port of entry mm-hmm. without coming back in. So it's Canadians actually have more flexibility in doing this. But you can change your employer. We're assuming in this situation that you don't want to leave the U.S. So if you don't want to leave the U.S., you have 60 days to file for a change of employer with USCIS. And you do that through Form I-129. Your employer has to file uh, to change you from your current employer to the new employer. So you have 60 days to file that change of employer application. That's one. The second one is you can file for what's called a change of status. In other words, let's say you entered on that TN visa, Mm -hmm. but you didn't find an employment and you don't know when you're going to find new employment. Well, you could file by mail with USCS to change to a visitor. Or another oh, yeah, status without, for that. Without matter. leaving the country, you can stay in the United States, file that form, and ask USCIS to change you over. From a TN to a B as a visitor. Right. Again, discretionary, and they'll decide whether or not they want to allow you to do that, but in most make cases, the application. they typically approve it. Why? And this is why, is because it takes longer than, because usually you're, they're going to oh, give yeah. you a six month extension it, for a visitor visa, but it takes them longer than six months to adjudicate it. So <laughs> by default, they typically give people at least six months. Yeah. So these, um, and don't think that you can ask for a visitor status for two years or something like no. that. Six you know, years is usually the limit. Six months. Or six months. <laughs> six years. Don't ask for two, ask for six. <laughs> six That's months. a way better deal. <laughs> six months. Yeah. Six months is the limit. So even when you don't hear back from them after six months, what should you do? You got to leave because still leave. if they're only going to give you six months, so, and you don't want to overstay and then, you know, risk having some of these consequences. So even if you don't hear back, do a change of status and leave after the six months, even if you don't have any decision yet. Yeah. And when, once you file and as long as you file within that 60 day grace period, you're put into what's called an authorized period of stay. So you're allowed to remain in mm-hmm. the United States while you wait for the adjudication of that application. Now, going back to change of employer, if you're on a TN and you file to change of employer and it's within the 60 days, you cannot start working for that new employer until it's approved. They won't let you. So that's important to understand. Just because you file for change of employer, you can't start working until that application is approved, which is why many people opt for what's called premium processing so they can get their application approved speedily so they can get to work again right away. Otherwise, you could be waiting several months for them to approve a change of employer application. And with that change of status from a TN to uh, a B visa as a visitor, uh, you can immediately commence being a visitor and sitting on your couch and doing whatever (laughs) you want. Hopefully, you're looking for a new job, and then when you find a new job, then you file a subsequent application to change from B visa back to TN or, or whatever that status might be. And it just... And it doesn't just apply to a visitor visa. If your spouse is an L visa holder, well, then you have a work authorization option immediately as a a spouse of an L visa Mm -hmm. holder. But an H4, which would be the dependent of an H1B visa holder, other visa statuses, even student visa statuses, if if your spouse happens to be under another visa status, you can file to change from your TN to whatever dependent status would be attached to your spouse, uh, if that's available too. So we, it's we not should also note visas. here that spouses of the visa holder will lose their status as well. So if you are and here on a TN and your spouse is here as a TD, 
that spouse is going to lose their status with you losing your status. It's not separate. Yep. So any dependents are dependent on you maintaining. Yeah, the whole family loses status when when it's all dependent upon one worker. So you would have to file a change of status for every individual Mm -hmm. that is dependent on you if you do that. And we saw people do that during COVID. They didn't want to travel because of the vaccination requirements and the uncertainty at the border. Um, So plenty of people chose to file with USCIS to change their status. Whole families did rather than take the risk of traveling. Yep. So, so that would be one of the options, change of status to a different visa status that allows you to stay here as well. And then the, the last option and sometimes it's the first option for people is just to part the United States. Uh, that's the safest one. You have 60 days to type your loose ends and to leave. If you did, if you didn't find employment, uh, if you know, changing to a visitor doesn't fit your situation, then you would simply depart the United States once you type your loose ends. So those are generally the three options to, to stay in legal status. Find a new employer, change to another status, or to depart the country uh, within that grace period. Now, what, what, are, what are the consequences? What happens if, let's say... If you ignore us today and just do what you want and stay in the United States, and what, you overstay. And what happens? Let's say my visa expired yesterday, and we're talking about the end of the visa. So my three-year visa expired. Now my 10-day grace period expired. I haven't done anything yet. And I stay in the United States for because your, your lease, after that. yeah, your lease is good for another six months. So yeah, so why leave? I paid through the year. I'm gonna use the rest of my lease, you know. Otherwise, I'm losing money. Yep. What That's happens a lot if of I overstay by way. six months? You're gonna have an issue, sir. <laughs> so you know, even if they don't come banging down your door to remove you from the United States, the next time you try to re-enter the United States is when this is gonna all come to a head. Um, the next time you try to come in, you are going to be slapped with a bar to entering the United States for overstay. For how long? For three years. For three years. So if you overstay your visa by six to 12 months, 12 months, another bar kicks in. But it's, if it's between six to 12 months, you're going to get a three-year bar on readmission to the United States. Now, if you're paying attention, the bar doesn't kick in until the six-month mark, Right. Right. So you technically could overstay your visa by five months and, you know, 29 days and still not get that three-year bar attached. What you can't do if you do that, though, but, is file but if a change of status. Or, or try to re-enter the United States in, in uh, Too a short period of time. They'll refuse you. Yes. But there is no long-term consequence until you hit that six-month mark. Uh, there could be short-term consequences. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't like it. And they will know what happened if you try to re-enter the U.S. And it's so much fun when you're flagged at the border, isn't it? I mean, that's such a picnic. So you do not advise that. No. <laughs> so stay away from that. But it is important to understand if you do find yourself in that situation because you, di- you didn't know and you overstayed that 10-day grace period or that 60-day grace period and now you're in that extra six-month cushion there before uh, long-term consequence attaches, you do have until that six-month mark to get out of here. You better get out fast if you find yourself. If you're listening and you're in that situation, you better leave. Um, you know, better yet, hopefully you're in the 10 day or six day, 60 day period, and you take appropriate action so you don't ever even get to that point. Yep, and there's a more serious consequence too. And we recently had someone email us an intake question 
um, about an overstay that they and they weren't they weren't working. I think they were possibly a retired person. Oh yeah, down um, in, let's say Florida. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, this person emailed us and and they had overstayed um, inadvertently, according to them. You know, COVID happened and they presumed the border was closed to them. We heard that a lot, uh, you know, during COVID. They thought the border was closed. Which um, is not an excuse. So if you're listening and right. you say, oh, I couldn't travel because of COVID. Yeah, well, yeah, you could have. You could have left back to your <laughs> home country. But so. this person was just a visitor. They didn't have any employment status and, and they overstayed by to the tune of a couple of years. Yeah. So, um, you know, with apparently owned property and their work needed to be done on property. Pets here. had health issues, things like that. Um, and, and, you know, took no heed to the rules that, you know, as a visitor, you have to leave after six months, um, and then left for a few days and tried to return to the United States shortly thereafter and hit was, was hit with an even bigger bar than the three-year bar. So and what, person, what's that? This person got a 10-year bar to entering the United States. And um, the 10-year bar hits once you overstay by six months or by a year or more. A year more, yeah. Once you hit that year mark, yep, then it's a ten-year bar. Um, so yeah, that's that's an unfortunate situation, and people find themselves in that situation quite often, more often than you would think. Um, and because of what you just said, they may have a retirement home or something in the United States, and they just just time or they flies. have a health issue or, or something, and or family or yep. whatever it is, and they end up overstaying. But six months is actually pretty easy. If you live that kind of life, maybe you're retired. Time flies, right? And all of a sudden, oh, I've been there. F- you, you overstayed by six months yeah. or a year. And now you have long-term consequences. So six months, three-year bar. A year, a 10-year bar. A year more, yeah. A year or more. So remember that. And there are other, other long-term immigration consequences depending on what you're doing here in the U.S., uh, whether it's lawful or not. And we're not really going to get into those. Um but the purpose of this conversation is is those grace periods, the 10-day and the 60-day mm-hmm. grace period. Now, let's say you found yourself in that unfortunate situation where you did overstay. Uh, there are waivers available, and you can get a waiver for an overstay. So because you got a 10-year bar, doesn't mean you have to wait the entire 10 years to come back in. If you yeah. do wait 10 years, then you can come back in after 10 years, no problem. They're not going to question you. You... You served your time, right? I recently did a green card for somebody who had... Um, a 10-year overstay? It had it wasn't a 10-year overstay, but it was definitely over a year. Um, had overstayed in the United States and then departed the United States and didn't try to return for 10 years. Didn't and then they applied for a green card. Yep, and it came up at the interview that they had you know, lived in the United States because they put down all their legitimate addresses in the U.S. while they lived here and that they had no status during that time. But because 10 years had passed since then, it was they were not inadmissible to the United States and the green card was approved. And that brings up another point, honesty. When you're filling out your application, whether it's for a visa, <laughs> a, a green card, whatever it is, this person that, you, that you're referring to could have lied about that. They could have said, well, oh, they didn't. They knows. wanted to lie about it. And, and they, they wanted did, though, to not disclose that information because they thought it would impact their ability to get the green card. And they said, nobody knows I was there. The 10 years has passed. I don't want to talk about it. I, you know, I'm just going to put down that I was living somewhere else. Yeah. But and then they find we, out and then what happens? 
oh yeah, then that's that's then misrepresentation, that's and representation. then you then your green card application is denied, and yeah, that's and a bigger deal. More issues, right? So we advise them to tell the truth. We figured out that it wasn't going to impact their ability to get it, and they were successful. And fraud's a permanent bar, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say five years, but you you always have to get a waiver for fraud. What if you get flagged for fraud and misrepresentation? Whereas an overstay and you get the three-year or the 10-year bar, well, those expire after either three or 10 years, mm-hmm. and you don't have to get a waiver. However, if you're within the three-year or 10-year time period, and this is what we see, is people were given a three-year, 10-year bar, but now they need to work here, or now they need to do something else in the U.S. Well, if you want to do it before that bar expires, you need to get a waiver. You need to get permission to do it. Uh, and that just adds another layer of complication to the immigration process that, that you just don't want to mess with. So understanding these grace periods is very important. And we run into it a lot uh, where people have overstayed in the past or they lose employment and they want to change employers or their employment yeah. situation or life situation. I think knowing changes. about that 10 day grace period is key because we get a lot of calls from people that automatically assume they have a 60 day grace period no. and they're already beyond their 10 days when they call us. So, um, you know, they can't change status in the United States and they're usually very frustrated by that because they insist they had a, a 60 day grace period. Yeah. Um, 60 it's just days not true. only if your employment ends before your visa. Mm-hmm. Remember that. 10 days, all you get if you stay here the entire duration of your visa, you only get 10 days to take action. And this goes back to what I said before, and I said I was going to keep repeating it, is you need to be prepared, right? Don't procrastinate with immigration. It'll come back and bite you. So uh, especially if you have long-term plans. If if your plan is to eventually get sponsored by your employer for a green card or maybe a family member sponsor you or whatever it is, you don't want to taint your immigration record because it can have long-term consequences. Mm -hmm. It'll come up. It will come up and you have to answer to it. And being honest throughout the process is, is going to, to be in your favor in the long run, even if you did have a discretion in the past. The wind here is howling. Yeah, I don't know if you can, (laughs) it's really loud. So let's get up to 50 miles an hour and we're at the top of our building. So it's really howling through the windows. So, Keep those grace periods in mind. And like you said, it's important to understand the difference between the 10-day and the 60-day grace period. You don't automatically get a 60-day no. grace period. If it, So make sure you understand when each grace period applies and what your options are so you can take appropriate immigration action. Thank you for tuning in to the Arrive podcast today. Hopefully we are able to learn something new. If you have any other immigration questions or need assistance with immigration at all, we'd be glad to help you out. Uh, If you haven't already, uh, subscribe to our podcast for upcoming episodes and tune in next time. Thank you for listening and have a great day.